Mixed martial arts shows us the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. The difference between victory and defeat can be a matter of inches and these athletes sacrifice it all in the name of glory. The lights are on, the cameras are rolling, the mic is live. It can mean only one thing. This is Octagon Hype. Welcome back to Octagon Hype. My name's Josh Goodgen and this whoa, is... This is episode five. Episode five? You've had one trip to Blooming Bruno for an octagon and you... Get out. I'm not having... Hey, wait a minute. And what What are these magazines? They're disgusting. Oh, Have you not heard of the internet? God, get out of my seat. Move. What are you playing at? What you, what's, what's wrong? What's you playing at? It's me that does welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Brian Lacey. I'm your host of Octagon Hype. This, this is Josh Goodgen. And Josh Goodgen might be looking for a new job next week, mate. <laughs> Mate, this is this is our show now. <laughs> now listen, listen, mate. I'm genuinely excited to get your feedback of this weekend because we took Josh to his first ever Octagon event. Josh, the journey was one thing; the event was another. It was a uh, 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 an emotional weekend for you, right? Mate, it was it was far exceeded any of my expectations. Like you've been you've been telling me what for four episodes how good it is now, and it was better than that. Imagine better. that. Better. I can imagine that. And this is this is the great thing, because now we get to give it to you, the people of Octagon Hype, because you've done a vlog. The vlog, by the way, we're going to show you some snippets of it, some snippets of this little adventure, his little insight, him feeling the emotions, the atmosphere, seeing the fights live as well in a pretty good seat, I'm going to say, Josh. <laughs> but were you quite happy with your seat? Mate, I think I, I was about as close as you. I was just, I was sat just behind Brian. I could see everything. I think I even got a bit of blood on me at one point. <laughs> that was nothing from the fights. Just a very aggressive lady sat next to him with some long nails. Um, so look, I want to get your thoughts, mate, because we, we brought you in, uh, took you to Bruno. First of all, the city. What a beautiful city, right? Beautiful city, beautiful people. Like I just loved every, every minute of it. And the food as well, the food excellent the food we looked after him we looked <laughs> after him if you're wondering how i get so big this is this is it these octagon trips um so we start we'll start at the beginning josh because we talked about the city bruno is is a place which was the home for octagon during the restrictions during covid it was the place that allowed them to continue because they could put on these fights and they were able to put on uh, a number of shows during that period which actually saw the promotion grow which was which was phenomenal because you saw lots of promotions pull back uh, some have to accommodate in different ways but in bruno they, they got their own little hotel they're basically their own fight island which allowed them and more importantly as well to them allowed the fighters to compete now during that time the crowd was limited at one point there was no crowd and bit by bit they started adding it and one of the things i got from this tournament in particular this tournament octagon 35 which went down in bruno was how grateful the crowd were just how you know it, it, it was something that made it extra special for me we'll talk about the fights we'll talk about some of the big moments in the cage that happened but outside the cage the atmosphere, and even at the weigh-ins, Josh, the atmosphere of the people, it felt like something really special from between Octagon and, and the crowd. 
Absolutely. I think it was interesting that no matter the size of the fighter or the size of, uh, of what, what part of the card that they were on, the, the crowd just got behind every single person. So you could tell that they were genuine fight fans. They weren't there just to watch one fight. They were there for the whole experience. Yeah. And uh, and right from the start, and I'm not just talking about the, the, the actual event, like the weigh-ins. What did you think of the crowd? What did you think? Because I rocked you up. I, this is this is as well. We've we got to tell the honest truth about getting to Bruno as well, because it's a slog, right? Yeah. And you got trapped on Friday night in Friday traffic, a journey that should take two hours, took nearly four uh, in a van, but you made it. And then I dragged you straight from the van to the weigh-ins. I mean, just just describe that for me. It was it was amazing because I, I didn't actually know what to expect. I didn't know where the ceremonial weigh-ins were. I expected it to be indoors on a stage. Yeah. So then when we ended up in that square, we arrived, the, you know, the door opens and it, there was just people everywhere on like this sloped hill leading up to a stage that was outside in this square beautiful square and the crowd was going wild the music were playing there were a merch stall the big gorilla is he a gorilla right a gorilla. the big gorillas walking around i'm thinking what is this what is this circus that we just walked into you know it was unbelievable the octagon circus so we've got some of the footage as well we've got some from your your vlog that we can sort of cut in and kind of give you a taste and again this this is going to be snippets from this vlog and what i love about this josh and i'm going to say i'm proud of you I'm proud of you, I'm proud of George. George is our editor as well. Um, about how you don't just show the the fights or, you know, some nice, beautiful scenery. The vlog gives you a real feel for what it was like to be there. I mean, you, you sent it to me last night and I watched <laughs> it. You said, have you seen it yet? And we were both like, oh my God, it does exactly that. Yeah. It takes you there, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Octagon do an amazing job of doing like the production and shows you all the slow motion shots and it looks cool and atmospheric. I wanted to make sure we shot it like a vlog. So like a first person's view, a first person experience, you're there with me feeling what I feel and it comes across like amazing. Like, you know, George has done a great job of editing it. It was just a blast. The whole thing, the whole experience yeah. were amazing. Yeah. So look, let's give you a little insight. We're going to do a little snippet, a little, uh, uh, yeah, a few little clips from this vlog. And then we're going to talk about some of the fights. Could you say, could you please sign something? For, for, <laughs> yeah. Could you please, could you please autograph? <laughs> Do the tassels thing again. Do the tassels. Oh, yay! Look at this, mate. What are we saying, mate? What are we what? saying? Oh, this isn't going to last long, this fight. Oh! to the face there as well. Went in for a single leg. Hit it. Like I said, Josh, I love it. 
Love it because of the feel. It's only a small snippet there. You've got to go and check it out. That is going to be on the Octagon MMA UK and Ireland YouTube channel. Exactly where this Octagon hype goes live, you can catch the full vlog and follow the full adventures of our very own Joshua Goodchin. Yeah, I'm proud of you, mate. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> so let's talk about the fights, mate, because the card, again, this is another thing that I, uh, I felt was very special. It delivered. It absolutely delivered from start to finish. And again, the crowd were a huge part of this. You look at the size of the arena, almost 10,000 people. Almost. If you squint, it looked exactly <laughs> like 10,000 people. Um, but you, it was sold out. They were there from the very start. They were there for the very first fight. One of their fighters, Gottwald, returned for, for, from a long layoff and came back into the cage. Then we moved on into the next fight. Now, this is the one where I kind of gave you that little heads up beforehand. The, the, the return of Radovan Uskert. And he has got five professional wins, five knockouts before coming into that. All those knockouts in the very first round. Then he did this. <laughs> Told you, told you. I, you. You called it beforehand and I had goosebumps like when that happened because you, you, like, I could hear it. Like that's one thing that you probably can't experience through pay-per-view or online or even on the highlight when you can hear that that connection. You're so close. It would just, it, it's almost eerie to hear that sound and to sort of feel it yourself when you're so close because then you realise it's, it's, this is real life. It's real life, real life violence. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd never called a Radovan Uskert fight, but when he announced he was coming back, because that's a, that's a three-year layoff. Three years, he'd, uh, he'd basically gone off into the wilderness hunting. <laughs> this is the type of guy he is. And then he said, yeah, I'll come back. And everybody was like, three years. The I mean, it moves on quick. Mixed Absolutely. martial arts is unforgiving. Year to year, you see new techniques, new styles. You see new styles of fighting come up. And this guy had spent some time off, kind of been training in there, training with, in fact, training with a, a UFC heavyweight fighter, Boudet, who used to be the Octagon heavyweight champion, Martin Boudet. He spars with him. And <laughs> Boudet even says, I, if you're thinking I win every round, you are wrong. And we're wow. talking about this guy who's fighting that, uh, I think, middleweight, training, sparring with a, a world-class heavyweight fighter. So when we heard that, we kind of thought, oh, okay, this is exciting. Then he stepped in the cage, looked loose, freakily loose for his return in a big crowd on that card, connected with that uppercut. And it's not just the connection, Josh. It's the reaction of the human body on the opponent because he gets hit and it's like it just a second, that, that hesitation where the body kind of goes, oh, I need to switch everything off. <laughs> just goes boom. Yeah, it was strange. It was it was that delayed reaction. I think that's what gave me the goosebumps. It was that delayed reaction then lights out. It's like his legs just stopped working and he just... He fell. Yeah, gone. That teed us up nicely for uh, the, the, then the welcome of the English fighter, James Lewis, making his debut. And mate, what a, what a crazy week he had. We talked about your journey coming to, uh, to Bruno. James Lewis, Andrew Clamp, and of course, the legend that is Tom Blackledge. They made the journey over. They had connecting flights to get to, uh, to, get to Bruno. 
and their luggage went missing in the midst. So they land in a in a in a country in a city they've never been in before. No gear, no change of clothes, no toothbrush, no gum shield, no cup, no training gear. And the airline is kind of going, "We'll get this stuff to you." We we'll get never got to it. No. Never got to that. We still don't know whether they've received that. Um, but despite all of that, James Lewis, his camp, and this is credit to his camp as well. I mean, we've been around fighters. We know how important it is. In fact, just how important the people around you are in those moments, how they are with their energy, how they are with the time they spend with you, how they look after you. And you couldn't have a better set of people around you than Tom Blackledge and Andy Clamp. Nah, them them two are just amazing. I mean, the veterans out there, so you, you feed off, like you say, you feed off the people around you in day-to-day life, but on fight week when the pressure's on, you need some cool cucumbers around you. And there, that's a pair of cool, cool cucumbers right there. And we ain't talking about the type that Stefan puts, hides in his swimming shorts and eats on a uh, on a jet skiing holiday. Uh, but let's talk about the performance because, listen, he, he stepped in. Topuz, Salim Topuz is the Octagon season one of the German Octagon Challenge series. He's the champion of that. He won that title back in June. He's a late replacement for Gabor Bororosh, who James Lewis was supposed to be fighting. Totally different fighting style. Totally different part of his career as well and the trajectory a real upward trajectory for this young fighter a a dangerous fight but you know James Lewis said I'm not missing this opportunity I'm not sitting out and waiting for Gabor Uh, and he stepped in stepped into the cage with Salim Topuz and he did this finish what a finish and what a moment for him you saw everything first of all what a celebration he took more damage running his head into the cage than he did actually within the fight but again uh, my thing that really really stands out from from that and you kind of you kind of play by played it as well in your vlog which is again another reason to go and check the full episode <laughs> out um but if you listen when he's got the back and he's he's struggling to flatten him out if you listen if you turn up the uh, the audio you can hear tom blackledge and andy clamp like piece by piece breaking down what he needs to do he follows their instructions gets it's basically a neck crank under and gets the tap from Celine. that again shows and he said it in his, his post-fight interview i drink the water but they take me to the well what a sentence that is and he did exactly that that uh, level of coaching that level of relationship between the fighter and the coach that shone through her this weekend yeah, and especially like with all the pressure, all of that adversity leading up to the fight, still be able to stay tuned in because he took up a couple of shots at the beginning of the fight, you know, but went to the ground, beautiful butterfly sweep. And like you said, on the back and just did what he needed to do, listened to his corner, finished it. Did what he needed to do in the fight and then did what he needs to do on the mic afterwards as well. So listen, next up, you said it, you want Gabor next, you've got a multi-fight deal. You call him out, when do you want? we got shows in December, what do you think? December, let's go, let's go. Gabor, you're the superstar. You're such a handsome boy. Come on, show off to everyone. Let's get in. But anyone, I'm coming for the belt in the end. I'm coming for it all. Well, you've got your first victory here in Octagon. Bruno, give it up one more time. James Lewis. Boy, that's what you do, right? We say it. We've talked about it before. These moments that you get on the mic are as important as what you create in the cage, on the mats. And he he made that moment. He's now given himself a promo. For, for them, 
not to make that fight next is going to be very difficult because Gabor has said he can be back in December. He can be back in the cage competing. And now he's got somebody who's screaming his name off the back of a victory. So for me, I think it's got to happen, right? Tasty fight, mate. Sign me up. I'm there. Let's go. (laughs) Tasty fight. Speaking of tasty fights, this was one that had, we'll call it the most needle before the fight, Rochelle versus Bartel. Now this, I didn't give you the the heads up on this. This was a uh, a underground rules fight. So during the pandemic, uh, Octagon, they they modified some rules of MMA so you could have more in favour of the strikers because they've got lots of high-level Muay Thai fighters, K1 fighters um, over there in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. So they've made so basically for this one what it would be is Muay Thai and small gloves uh, with some modified rules in and around but Rochelle and Bartle went at it for three hard rounds a phenomenal striking display from both of them Bartle took so much damage kept on coming got rocked got dropped as well Josh but managed to see that final bell Rochelle got his hand uh, raised in the end but as a spectacle as a spectacle, what was that like? Yeah, it was an unbelievable sort of striking masterclass. Bartle, like you said, took took a shot early on and cut his eye open, which obviously we're going to give him problems. But, you know, he kept going. He got knocked down. He saw the fight out. But, yeah, it was... Uh, an unreal striking performance on both both sides. A real treat. And another treat they gave us, Josh, was the moment that, uh, f- I mean, had the whole arena on their feet. Uh, Yuri Prohashka, the UFC light heavyweight champion, just claimed that belt, came home to a hero's welcome and then paraded the belt in the Bruno Arena in front of uh, th- this crowd. I mean, Josh, just just sum up what it was like to witness and be part of such a uh, an epic moment. Brian, you're much much more of an articulate man than I am. I think it'd be only right if you describe how you. I think we gotta be honest with our, our audience, right? Because what happened? What happened is, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth straight up. So me and Josh, we knew this moment was going to happen. We missed it. <laughs> we missed it because my schedule, I get a TV schedule. I get a schedule which tells me uh, what's going to happen and when. And we were well ahead because of all the finishes. We were way ahead of when the timing was be for that to drop. So I listened in my ear, got no instruction. I l- looked down at the paper and I misread the time. So I misread the time that it was going to happen, um, the, the time, the, the length of break we had. So I went, you know. Went for a, a drink, a uh, toilet break, a little bit of food. And I'm there. And then suddenly people come running in going, where are you, Brian? Where are you? So I run out and I'd missed it. I had missed this moment. <laughs> but speaking to people afterwards, uh, watching the footage back, um, just feeling the energy of the crowd around that time. I mean, they were so, uh, they're so proud of this guy. They're so proud of that he comes from their city. Um and that is is something magnificent. Like Josh, I talked to you about the, the rise of Slovakia and the Czech Republic in MMA. This guy's the proof in the pudding, right? Yeah, he's the top of the tree, isn't he? And he came out in that like kimono, kimono tuxedo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he had like a, a T Rex's tooth hanging around his <laughs> neck, like. <laughs> The most badass man on the planet. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I couldn't rock that, could I? I couldn't rock You couldn't rock that. <laughs> Can you imagine Can you, you imagine me in that? No. No, it's not happening, Joshua. No, it's not. Um, so, but that that was a fantastic moment. And again, another one of these moments where you can feel the relationship between the fans and the fighters. You can feel the energy and the love and how proud they are of this city, of their country, um, of the athletes coming up through it. And we still had more to come. There's a, another fight I want to talk to you about as well. We'll jump to to that briefly is uh, Andre Kalashnik because he had Yuri Pahaska in 
his corner. So this is another um, uh, adopted son of Bruno. So he's born in the Ukraine, has lived pretty much all of his life in Bruno. He's coming off the back of a, a hu- uh, like a, a devastating loss to Kike Brito, uh, knockout in the first round when he was that close to, to having his first title shot under the Octagon banner. Um, but he said to me, he said to me, and he saw it at the weigh-ins, the relationship he had with the fans, the way he talked to them, the way they cheered him on when he got to the stage. You saw in his walkout this absolute epic walkout where he steps out into this arena and he doesn't face forward the cage he turns around and you see him looking at the crowd and taking it all in calling them on and they rose rose with him and then when he walks to the cage with Yuri Prohaska in his corner his training partner his friend what he calls his big brother um it all added to this this beautiful moment where he, he even said to me Bruno's given me so much because I said there's pressure right there's got to be pressure that comes with stepping out in your own arena coming off the back of a loss and he said this couldn't be the most more perfectly timed moment for me the more perfectly timed place because this city and these people have given me so much this is my chance to give them something back so he stepped in the cage and he took somebody on a a tough Brazilian uh, uh, Dos Santos El Tigre Dos Santos uh, 21 fights professional MMA fights 15 victories I think six or seven uh, finishes within there. Super tough, super experienced. Somebody that is a challenge uh, uh, with a full camp and even on short notice because you've you got to prepare for that awkward style. But he put on a very technical uh, and impressive performance to go over three rounds and claim that victory. Now, he was a little bit disappointed with himself that he couldn't get the finish, um, but he did all he needed to do. And the fans loved it. The fans were on their feet again at the end. And uh, for me, another moment, which when you uh, associate fighters with places and people with areas or countries he is somebody who is still on the upward trajectory of his career who's now back in that wing column and you can see from the fan base he's got and the relationship he's got with the fans another potential superstar for octagon and the great thing is the great thing is josh we are going to have andre kalashnik to, to relive those moments through his own voice uh, on this show later on today once we got through this card andre kalashnik will tell us exactly what that felt like uh, at octagon 35 next up i want to talk to you about the fight david moon somebody who's already been highlighted in these octagon hype shows took on a guy called Jakub donald now donald called for this fight josh donald felt he saw something within moon's style that um he could exploit within the cage now when you look Look at Donald's style of fighting. Pretty much every single fight he has ever been in, he really leans on his grappling. A world-class grappler. He uses the big overhand rights to get the clinch, to get the takedown, to control his opponent. When I heard that he called for this fight, I looked back at the Mate Sane Kidze fight with David Moon. And Sane Kidze used grappling to control David against the cage, take away all those dangerous weapons, get him to the mat, uh, fatigue him frustrate him you know really make it not just a a physical battle but one of the mind as well and i thought that's exactly the blueprint that's what we're going to see from donnell donnell though shocked everybody everybody in the arena by standing toe to toe with david moon not just standing toe to toe with him but having huge success he dropped david moon in the first round a short left hook dropped david moon david moon had to lean on his takedown defense to keep the fight standing then donnell just kept coming out with this overhand right this one two that 
Moon, despite the fact of how good a, a striker he is, he struggled with the range because it was an awkward style. It's an unorthodox style of strike. And he even said it to me after the fight. He said, I just couldn't f place myself in the right positions to defend it or to create my own attacks. But Moon, this shows Moon the quality of martial artist he is. He had his corner, Eric Spicely and Ryan Parsons. And we were so close to the corner. We could hear them, hear them within the, uh, the, the gaps between the second round and the third round. And they say, you got to go, Moon. you got to go. This is it. All or nothing. And he stepped out and he won the third round for me. So for me, first round, Donald, without a doubt. Third round, Moon, without a doubt. The second round is where it laid. And it came down to a split decision. Split decision, which saw Jakub Donald, Bruno's own Jakub Donald, take the win. Um, and a very, very disappointed David Moon, but somebody who I, I think should still hold his head up high, right, yeah. Josh? Because that was fight of the night. And the arena absolutely adore. I mean, they were very happy that Jakub Donald, their hometown fighter had, but they were so impressed with David Moon as well. That for me, that, like you say, fight of the night for me as well. That was, that was for the fans. Unfortunately, there's always got to be one winner and one loser. And David Moon fell on the wrong side of it that night, but he's got nothing to be ashamed of. And like his takedown defense was world-class. World class. I, I said it on the vlog. I, I yeah. was, you know, that was one thing that stood out to me. And unfortunately that overran right, just kept finding a home. You know, his, uh, that was the first fight that I could listen to the corner and actually understand what they were saying. And they kept asking for a jab. They just wanted to sit behind a jab, you yeah. know, and uh, yeah, you know, just an amazing back and forth. So he's got nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing. And he will be back. I'm, I'm sure. Cause yeah. he, when I spoke to him, he's that horrible thing. And I said at the start that MMA gives you the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. He's coming off the back of that comrade win where you couldn't scrape him off the ceiling after that I mean he was buzzing and bouncing around all the world seems to be in color and everything you see and all the opportunities are there and I was sat with him after the fight and he, he just he, it was almost like he was lost but what he's shown us time and time again is he is world-class yeah is he does have a, a phenomenal skill set that is extremely fan-friendly and without a doubt he will be back now we'll move on to our co-main event of the evening the co-main event of the evening was Rishavi versus Frantisek Fodor this is an all Slovakian battle. This saw this was a fight that was supposed to be scheduled uh, earlier in the year. Fodor came out, got uh, tested positive with with uh, COVID the day before the fight. So Rishavi, on his birthday, had a fight and had to had take on an opponent at short notice, one day's notice. Finally, got that win, got that finish. This fight, this fight had so much on the build up because of that the speculation of did he pull out was 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 the covid uh, test real um he never saw it he, so he started you know throwing slights at fodor saying I don't believe you. I don't think you want to fight me. Fodor came back and said, well, if I don't want to fight you, why am I fighting you here this weekend? So we saw these two finally settle the score in the cage at Octagon 35. And this is how it went. So for me, Josh, for me, this fight was about the pressure Rishavi brought. From start to finish, he was in the face of Frantisek Fodor. Never gave him the space to use the weapons we know him so well for. Had him in trouble on the ground. I mean, you, you do jujitsu. That's, yeah. that's a tight head and arm. Yeah, I, I thought that was it because even though he had, you know, he was answering the phone, I called it on the vlog, he's answering the phone, but he passed over from, you know, passed over from half guard over to, you know, onto the side and it looked like he'd finished it, but he just didn't go out far enough to be able to get 
get that pressure in to be able to finish the head yeah. and arm choke. And then yeah. eventually he got out and they were back standing again. So. But as soon as they got out, that's when, again, that pressure came. Rishavi gave him no quarter, literally was in his face, yeah. kept his back against the cage. And you look at the finish when he drops him with that heavy right hand and you can hear the sound. It slaps as it connects with the head, uh, drops Fodor. Then he looks to add up some pressure, starts by just throwing simple right hands down. And the, referee, it was, the ref was like, the nah. referee, nah. <laughs> Give me a little more, a little more. Got the elbows for sale today. Got the elbows. So Rashavi, impressive again. Upped the pressure, upped the pace, added the elbows, got the finish. It was a standout performance, a one that, uh, you know, puts him back uh, on a two-fight win streak, two fights, two finishes. Um, certainly somebody who is already climbing back up that ladder, looking towards getting to a title fight. As impressive as he was, though, Josh, there was one thing that didn't impress me. Oh. One, one thing, because he jumps to the cage. <laughs> now, his thing is somebody brings him a beer as soon as he wins. So he finishes the guy, and it was quick. I mean, I, I don't get served that quickly no. in the Czech Republic, but somehow he got a fresh pint set and ready, passed up to him. Now, when you do that, Josh, you got to finish the beer, right? Yeah, I mean, like... Josh, <laughs> Josh. You gotta finish the beer, right? You've got you've got to do it. Take a big breath, get it done. As soon as it went in his hand and he went <sighs> I, was like, I was like, there's no way he's necking this beer. There is no way he is necking this beer. And he gets he gets maybe three chugs down, yeah. mate. Three chugs. You pour it on yourself, right? You make exactly. a moment. Yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't go, oh no, it's not 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 for me. Or it's, it's it's that was the only bit, the only bit out of that wonderful performance that um I thought let you let yourself down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you let yourself down. Let yourself down, let your team down. Everything, <laughs> everything, but no, super impressive. Uh and again back in that wing column, main event time, Josh. Main event. Now I'm gonna jump to you to describe the atmosphere as they as they dropped the music, as the lights went down and both fighters made their way to the cage. Well, just, just tell people how that felt. Honestly, it felt like it felt like the arena was shaking. Everybody was on their feet. Just, you know, like the, the energy was just sort of like coming down from, from the nosebleeds. Like you can't, even on the vlog, you can't get an appreciation for the size of that arena. And from the top down to the bottom, all of the crowd is shouting. They wanted to see violence. I asked you before and I'm like, call it, Brian, give me... Which way do you think it's going to go? Are you sat on the fence? 100% sat on the, I've still got the marks on my ass from that fence. Um, because if I, like, I, would, I would never have, even if I wasn't going to predict the winner, I'd have never predicted that the fight would go the way it did. Now, Patrick Kinsale talked to us on this very show, in this very studio, and he said, I've been working on some new tools. I've been, I want to show all the developments I've made in my camp. I asked him, kind of, tell us what he went, ah, it's a secret. And uh, I'm glad he kept it a secret because he surprised everyone everyone in attendance you look at um all the all the, the the crowd you look at all the people around the cage when he did what he did and we're going to show you don't worry we're going to show you what happened when he did what he did um everybody was shocked because it was a clinic in striking a masterclass of range um of accuracy of timing his right hand was as sweet and true as we have ever seen it uh, and and people say because he's 36 fights into his pro mma career now all this talk was he's too old yeah he's he's the champion he's good but he's maybe he's not world class anymore this guy this guy gave us the moment like when you talk about 
fights living up to the billing. Everybody thought it would it would be a grappling fight like the Pirat Christophage. Everybody thought that this fight might just be a game of control for 25 minutes for Patrick Kinsella if that's the way you saw it was going to go with the threat of Lahore maybe being able to catch him on one of the entries. That was everybody I talked to, that's what they thought. Kinsella came out the walkout, he's super focused. Then he gets inside the cage. You can just see even his physique, the shape he is yeah. in, that shows your motivation. That is, you don't get into that shape if you are not fully in and fully motivated for a fight. Then to step in against Lahore, who is a counter striker, and to go first, to be the one stepping in with that overhand right. That's the dangerous that's the dangerous punch to throw. You step in with your overhand right. There's so many punches Lahore can use there to exploit your, your entry, your closing of distance for him. Uh, and Kinsel, loose, fluid. He switches stances, switches stances. And I thought he's going to throw a head kick. <laughs> and he threw this left head kick that connected with Lahore. That was the beginning of the end. He'd already rocked him a couple of times, but then he piles the pressure on, piles the pressure on, gets the finish, gets it done within one, and there was not a single person sat down. There was not a single person without their feet st standing up and then their jaw on the ground because it was it was the mo like the tournament was good but it was almost the moment the tournament needed because this showed why it's a title fight this showed why everybody was anticipating it and uh, for me one of my favorite moments ever cage side and you talk about the crowd going wild including me brian <laughs> i was like a little girl cheering off screaming Wah! it was like that was an experience of a lifetime genuine right yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, and this is again why the vlog i think is so nice because i i'll talk to you guys all the time about how good these events are, about the crowd, about how different the energy and the atmosphere are from, from other shows that I've been to, from other shows across Europe, across the world. But you get to, you got to feel it. You got to see it. We had, uh, uh, we had Paul Smith, the comedian, uh, come and join us as well. He's a big MMA fan. He came over, wanted to see an event. We, we took him there. We showed yeah. it. Same with him. He was sat there with his wife and like taking in the atmosphere, the energy from the way in so that he was even saying, this, this is crazy that not more people know about this event it's just different like you just can't you can't explain it you've got to experience it yeah which you do you've all got to go you've all got to go <laughs> and watch uh, an octagon event live now one of the things about the experience as well octagon did this uh, clever thing where they captured that moment with uh, the finish with alex lahore and uh, patrick kinsale patrick kinsale piling that pressure on getting the finish and they've done a, a video from all perspectives of the commentary booth so they do english czechoslovakian and then german now we're going to play this so you can see and you can get the energy and atmosphere from all of the different commentators now i, I don't speak much czech i speak a small amount of czech tiny I can order a beer <laughs> and I can order another beer. Um, in German, I don't speak much German. I can order a beer. <laughs> all right? But there might be one word at the end of the German that all of our viewers might know what it means. Oh, 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 oh,
Scheiße. What, what, is, what does Scheiße mean? What does Scheiße mean? Uh, <laughs> we won't, well, we best not say it again. Oh my goodness. What a, uh, what a, but again, it just sums up the emotions. Even cage side, how you can't hide or fight that is natural. And if someone's going to get upset about that, we're watching guys and girls fight in their underwear in a cage. Yeah. If you're going to get upset by that, look at yourselves. You know, you've got bigger issues. But um, uh, the other thing that happened off the back of that fight, now this this fight was deemed, that, and this was by the fans, the hunt for the Terminator. Carlos Vermola had said already that even though he's claimed a light heavyweight crowd, he wants to come back down and claim that middleweight crown a middleweight belt that used to be around his waist now to start with Pavel Neruda was very good because he blocked Carlos Vermola from getting in the cage but no one stops Vermola getting in the cage he went walking around the back and everyone thought well that's that moment done he leapfrogged the fence <laughs> leapfrogged it you watch the athleticism on this dude jumps the fence grabs the mic from Andre Novotny and basically lays the challenge for December for the fight between him and Kinsale now now, there's a moment that they get as they uh, cross paths as uh, Vimola exits and Kinsale uh, is still in the cage and Vimola says that's you, that's your belt till December you're looking after it for me till December and Kinsale cool as you like just goes yeah no one cares about you no one cares <laughs> about you and this is the other side of it because we showed you the Stranitzer event where he Vimola walked out on or didn't walk out was carried out on a throne the fans all on their feet their king their hero when he stepped in and uh, and grabbed that mic and challenged Kinsale tried to take that moment away from him there was a switch with the fans and the cheers turned to booze and that shows just how on a knife edge these fighters can be but it does set up what is such an exciting bout should they be able to get it ready for december right yeah like i felt the nerves because the atmosphere turned like you you, you breathe you, you literally it's part of the energy is, is part of you whilst you're in there and then like you said when he jumps in and the crowd turned i'm thinking oh whoa what's what's actually going to happen yeah i didn't know which way it was going to go but using like mma maths brian Okay, that great thing, MMA maths, which always works out, which is why we're rich from betting. Yeah, so we saw Vimola versus Lahore. Lahore, yep. Yeah, and then we, Five saw, rounds. Then we saw what Kinsale did to Lahore. I know. So if I'm a betting man, yeah. my money's on Kinsale. Really? Wow. And wow. I, I'm, call, I'm, putting, I'm, I'm putting the MMA maths bet down there, even though we know it never works. <laughs> <laughs> That's why styles make fights. <laughs> And this is interesting because it's such a long time since uh, Kinsale fought Vimola. Years since they fought and Vimola beat Kinsale. Since then, Kinsale has risen, risen through the ranks. It's been a long time as well since Vimola has been down to middleweight. We're going to be talking nearly two years. A year, two years since he made uh, middleweight. And that's a factor as well because he's now, he's huge. Yeah. He's absolutely huge. So that weight cut, the fight before the fight could play hugely into this. So with the MMA maths and with all that sort of stuff, I can see why people will see this. But the fact it is a Vimola fight means as we get closer, I promise you, I promise you, you'll start doubting that <laughs> as yes. the promotion starts. So look, uh, we have talked to you about the events. We've shown you some of the fights. I've got two guests for us today. So first of all, we were lucky enough to get Paul Smith, the comedian, to come over and experience an Octagon event for the very first time. He's a big MMA fan, and I'm excited to see what he thought and what he felt in Bruno this weekend. So here he is. Here he is. The one, the only UK comedian, online sensation. Uh, not Pablo Escobar, the one and only Paul Smith. How are you, mate? <laughs> That's <laughs> it's a great name. The private joke from the weekend. 
that is that is a private joke. And that's what I want to talk to you about. We were honoured to have you over in Bruno joining us for uh, your first ever Octagon event. Before we dig into that, I want to introduce people to you, first of all, because this has got a mixed audience from the Czech Republic, Slovakia, as well as across the UK. Uh, yeah. You have become... Like and I just this and I talk to people about this. You have built your own castle, mate. You are not somebody who has had lots of people in and around you, but you've become one of the biggest draws, one of the uh, the most watched as far as you look at on. Whenever I look left to my wife, and she's always on the left. We're like Ant and Deck, mate. Always on the left. She's on TikTok, that's, and I'll see you. I hear no, that's not that's not videos. <laughs> <laughs> FaceTime, FaceTime. You're welcome, mate. She deserves, she deserves better. But go on, just tell people what's happened over the last few years with you and what it's like living this dream as a comic in the UK now. It's amazing. I'm very, very blessed. I'm just started a new tour. And uh, yeah, it's just nice being out on the road. And I never used to, I didn't used to like, I mean, you know yourself from back in the day, being on a road comic can be a lonely thing sometimes, but it makes it worthwhile when you get into theatres and it's 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 a thousand, two thousand people who have paid to see you. Um, it kind of changes it up a little bit, so that's been nice. I got um, it was a bit of a weird. I got recognised in Prague a few times, which was Mad. when that happens, that's mind blowing. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. No, this and, this isn't who gave you the shiner, was it? Someone didn't come over and like what? <laughs> As an aside story, me and my missus went and got a Thai massage, which I'd never had before. And we were kind of joking about a happy ending. Now I, I got absolutely battered by a small size. <laughs> I've never been as close to tapping out. The people at Blackledge MMA have got nothing on this time. <laughs> a 46 kilogram Thai woman, uh, 80, 84 years old, beat the but shit out of you. I came in at the end and was like, recognize me. Offered to pay for my massage. Was like, so happy to see me. So then I had a load of like Thai woman. Hanging off me getting pictures. He didn't have a fucking clue. We just want to let everybody know your wife was with you at the same oh, time, yeah, right? Right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Listen, so we brought we, we brought you both over. And I knew you were a big MMA fan. Uh, I'd seen you do some other stuff in and around the sport. I seen you train a little bit, and I really wanted to get you over to kind of experience Plays Octagon. That's, that's, it. that's the only way I held him down and I smashed him in the yeah. face until he said yes that's yeah, that's it <laughs> but the the I mean as far as as being an MMA fan these these are shows and I, I'd introduce you to a little bit by sending you some clips from some of the ones like Carlos Fomola coming in on the, on a throne to these events when yeah. you see shows of this size on outside of the, the general sphere of MMA what, what was it like coming to it? What was it like experiencing it? I've been to a few events and it was the production value was unreal. I mean, the just the the the, the level of kind of um, production in the kind of you, we were sat at, we were sat obviously in the arena, but you could see the in between kind of the things with the interviews with the fighters and things like that. Um, it was as good, if not better, than the UFC. Um, I think I've been to a few UFC events and I, I couldn't say you couldn't knock it. Um, and the fights are great. The level of the fighters was great. I mean, I wasn't in there with them, but like from where I was sitting, there was some good fights. There was some yeah. really, some really close fights and there was some really, really exciting moments as well. So I, I don't see how you can ask for more than that from events. You brought your wife as well. Firstly, mate, what a queen you have got. 
Laurie is absolutely amazing, unbelievable uh, yeah. energy and just passion for for you know everything. She was just great. Like as as part as being at her first show, she's not a shy lady. You got there, is she? Oh no, no. She <laughs> people get take people think I'm gonna be the loud one, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> So what was it like for her? Because I always talk about this as well. When I talk to, when I'm doing this show, Octagon Hype, I try to describe to people that the crowds are different from some of the other shows as well. It's it's a much more, I don't know, like festival type atmosphere rather than a lot of grit and, you know, tribal sort of sections of the crowd. What did she feel like being in there? And what, what was her thoughts off the back of it? Um, the crowd were great. I thought, again, going back... I, Comparing it to a UFC event, there seemed a lot more MMA savvy. The crowd there was a lot less booing when there was a, a bit of grappling going on and things like that. Um, they were obviously very uh, tribal to the local fighters. Um, there was a moment where James Lewis, the only British fighter, was I think me and Laurie were the only people. Laurie knocked the banner over when he when he won. <laughs> she locked up, knocked the barrier over, and he got us kicked out. Went <laughs> full bloodthirsty. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we were there. Like, so they were obviously behind their own fans, but you can you can understand that. That's that's great in a way. Um, yeah, they were a, they were a great crowd. The atmosphere was unreal. As well, we took you to the weigh-ins to start with, so we took you to to see the the stare downs, and that, there was a great crowd for that. And again, it's the other thing that I tell people about that. And you talked about the fans being savvy; they come out for their fighters. They're like mm-hmm. they'll they'll be there at the weigh-ins, and there was there, there was a there was a good atmosphere. Um, yeah. I could hear you and you and Laurie cheering for James Lewis. There's only one set of cheers for the English fighter there, but I could spot <laughs> where that was coming from. But yeah, just just tell us what you thought about that. Have you been to weigh-ins before? Have you ever been to a, yeah, a, a, been to a, before. And it was, yeah, do you know what? I, again, I, I, I just echo, echo on what you've just said. It's, people seem to be a lot more savvy. There was a lot less of kind of, if you go to other weigh-ins, it's like a lot of people on the phone, that kind of, it's a lot of it, a lot more industry normally was these were genuine fans kind of getting out there and, and behind, the, um, behind the fighters. The setting of it was lovely as well in the square, which I think is was an uh, inspired move. So that was kind of, it was a nice place to be. You had the uh, you had the gorilla guy running around, the mascot guy running around. So that was, <laughs> also, like something I haven't really seen before at, MMA, at an MMA event. There was a lot more family, like full families with kids, and which you wouldn't really you don't you don't notice it when you don't see it. But like, kind of, you think, well, why not? Why 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 shouldn't full families come? With it? It's not a. I mean, people think it's a brutal sport, and it can be if you look at it the wrong way out of context, but. I think it's a sport. Families get behind boxing and I don't see why they can't get behind MMA. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you talk about the setting as well. You really like the city. Bruno isn't a place that people really, really know very well. If you if you ask people even what country that was in, yeah, 90% of people... <laughs> couldn't, couldn't guess right couldn't guess but we took you out in the city where i say we I, I wanted to introduce you to andre and pavel as well the, the others i remember this because i was like saying you got to meet them because they're down to earth they're, they're, they're like us yeah. they're mma fans and we went out for a meal and i knew i knew andre had blown it straight away when he uh he wanted to swap starters with your wife because yeah. he had the foie gras we had the duck strudel which was a goddamn spring roll mate you yeah. know it um <laughs> And he went to swap it. Oh, it was really good, really good. But it was uh, it was so funny because he went to like Laurie went. Oh, that looks nice. He went. Oh, you can have my foie gras. This is the second time I've eaten it. (laughs) 
that's what I love up with missus like all right mate doing all right are you yeah that's right. <laughs> chill out mate yeah come come in here on your private plane and have your second portion of foie gras for the day uh, but what was it like meeting them as well because uh like I said to them I want to bring people over introduce them to Octagon and and sort yeah. of uh, spread the word a bit but they're, they're very cool guys right they were so sweet and um I mean they're famous over there they are famous yeah. Like, I think I get bothered over here, but they are famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's where you turn, you're like, um, <laughs> he was so lovely. And they, we, obviously, we, we had, he, he was explaining Czech beer to us. Uh, I, I almost offended the most terrifying looking, looking man in the world. Oh, was, my God. The beers have got, like, that much head and then that much beer. And I was like, oh, yeah. why didn't you get a real beer? And he was like... <laughs> I don't know what it's called. There's a name for it, and it means a, a schnitz. A schnitz. That's what they they call it. A schnitz. Yeah. Yeah. So, you... Neighbor also wants to leave. Oh um, mate! You, but you were sat next. <laughs> you were sat next to Thomas Huron, who's one yeah. of first of all one of the, the physically most scary dudes in the in on the planet, and then also one of the most decorated Czech kickboxers to ever have competed and you sat there and this was so we'd had a few glasses of wine with we'd, we'd eaten the food we'd giggled we'd already relaxed he took us to this bar called the local to check the to try the czech beer and then to start with you're all you're all nice and then by the second or third one you're like yeah but you're not really drinking a full beer you should have a guinness have a guinness you know what i find this all the time with fight, fighters though people think fighters are going to be bruisers and they're so no. they have such good senses of humour yeah. Like he just—he just, he was, he found me. He thought it was funny. He was just laughing about it, wasn't he? He was such a sweet guy. Great. So let's let's jump you back into the venue then, because also this was the first time they'd been in a full venue at in Bruno. This was where they did their sort of fight island thing. They they did their fights through restrictions. Um, nearly ten thousand people as well. People yeah. always are surprised when I tell them how big the events are, and that's not one of the biggest. The next. Uh, three events. There'll be another one in Frankfurt, which is about nine, and then the two in December. Twenty thousand yeah. fans well, in he, each of those. We, we were coming in when we were getting to the as um, we travelled to the to the arena with Tom and Andy and uh, Lewis, uh, James, sorry, and um, we got there and we we saw Andre. So we were chatting to him. And he said, oh, "I'll walk you through." And as he was walking through, he was like, "It's only a little one. It's only a little one." I hadn't seen. I hadn't. I hadn't been in there yet. It's like, this is only a little one, but it's the only one they got in Bruno. It's a lovely place, but it's only little. And I was so I'm expecting like a thousand people. And I walked in and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks great, right? It oh, looks goodness. amazing, all the lights and the setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was absolutely again spot on. You couldn't you couldn't knock the the whole thing, the production value, backstage, the VIP area that they had, they had full food on drink and just lovely. They really look after people there. The hospitality um, is great. Uh, and then James Lewis, you, sh you shared the ride in with him, and then you were cage side for this fight, and yeah. he gets the finish in, uh, like, with uh, neck crank, basically rear naked choke, neck crank, gets the tap. You can see what it meant to him. You hear what yeah. it meant to your wife, knocking knocking the, 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 the boundary over. But when you're interacting, as we did throughout the weekend with these guys, there's a special place in your heart, right, for when oh, okay. moments like that. I, 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 I think we're, we're best mates now, me and him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much because we should also give give explain where this black eye came from because yes, you I, said I, to I, me, I, go on. 
But like I said, because uh, I, I mean, I was so happy to meet Tom Blackledge. He's such a legend. I was really fanboying over that. Like, and I didn't want to be yeah. like, <laughs> but he's they're such good guys. And we kept bumping into them. And um, just so I said, oh, I'll come, because his gym's not far from me. So I said, oh, I'll come down and do a session. And he was like, oh, yeah. And I don't think they expected me to turn up. So I went down yesterday morning and they were like, oh, man, I'm as weird. So I ended up doing like I I was uh, partnered up with uh, with James for the whole session, just yeah. drill, and then we had a little roll and I got a match. He's got a match in black eye to me now. We got a. <laughs> you know, I've never felt anything like on black ledge on top of me. It was a uh, it was, was soul destroying. I think I think uh, I think my soul left me at one point. Yeah. Um, if there's any other moments within the event that kind of caught your your eye and uh, or, or fighters that you kind of were impressed with, obviously the the the, the title fight. That uh, where he switched yeah. that, that head kick and then followed up and just finished him off. Because um, I thought Lahore was going to do very well in that fight, to be honest. Yeah, and, well, I never thought it would be that fight. I thought no. Kinsa would be looking for the takedown, having to get through Lahore's counter-striking, his very hard hitter, both hands. Um, so I thought it was going to be that chess match. And, and then if he could get it down to the mat holding him positionally, just keeping busy and grinding the timer. Everybody I spoke to, that was the blueprint. And then Kinsel comes out and the right hand was sweet. But like you said, when he switched stances and you yeah. said it straight away to me, he said, as soon as he switched stances, I went, hi, head kick, head kick. Yeah. And then Bitch, he kind of bounced a couple of times and he was just yeah. waiting, for, waiting for that range to slip in where he could just smack that head kick in. And it was pity. Yeah. It was spot on. Yeah. It was spot on. And um, and. What go on again? This is a, just to get your emotions from it. I mean, I was on my feet. I was, I was screaming because it was so unexpected the way in which he dealt with Lahore to finish him for yeah. one, but to do it in that style. It really worked because, like, I mean, from it, it wasn't. I, I don't how long it was. Not a long fight, was it? So three uh, minutes twelve, something like that. Three minutes fifteen yeah, yeah. seconds. Well, kind yeah. of, it wasn't. It was a little bit back and forth up until obviously that head kick landed, and then it was what ten seconds, fifteen seconds before it was finished. Yeah. And it was kind of yeah. Like, yeah, I was, I was up on my feet. It was great. That was a, that was a, that was an electric moment. The whole crowd went crazy for that. Um, yeah. What was, was it like being in there? Because you were front row. So what was, was it like front, with? I, I, I could, I could, I could smell the blood from where I was. <laughs> That's just from the people Laurie had killed around you, yeah, right? Yeah, is... yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah, my yeah. goodness! Um, yeah. Where can people catch you over here? Because you've got a, like a phenomenal tour, and again, I, I can't tell. I've been on the circuit. Now you talk about those long, long drive home. You're, you probably had less than me because you're now selling out theatres. But I had a lot of time when I was driving home with no radio on from Newcastle back to Farnham or wherever it was. Um, you built this, this, this following this fan base right this this now you can tour and that is the the gift right the ultimate yeah. gift of of comedy um where can people catch you and what when's the tour run from and to and what sort of venues are you doing runs, well the tour runs from last week up until july uh, right through the year tickets are all at hotwatercomedy.co.uk and um, we're hitting pretty much every city in the UK. There's more to be added. I think some, a couple of big cities we're still trying to figure out the venue for. So there's a couple more to be added. Um, but yeah, UK and all of Ireland, we're gonna we're, we're getting round. And it's it's the that's to blow me on trumpet, but it's it's the best show I've ever done. Um, so I'm excited to get out there and for people to see it. 
um, it's just nice to be back out and touring again. So that's Paul Smith. Now, what a legend, mate. Not just him, but his beautiful wife, Laurie. They came over to Bruno. You spent a lot of time, like a solid four hours <laughs> in a van on the journey from the airport to, uh, uh, to the hotel. But... I mean, to get their thoughts and their feelings and to see their reaction to the event, that was special as well. Yeah, man, they're a beautiful couple. And uh, like you said, Paul's a big MMA fan. Like, he's not he's not, um, he's not, not a casual fan. He is a legit, real mixed martial arts fan. So to spend the weekend with him, to chat with him, talk about the corners, the teams, amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Equally as amazing was this man's performance and the reaction from the crowd. We're going to talk to now Andre Kalashnik, AK-47, to get his thoughts on what happened in the cage and the fans that adored him outside it in Bruno. So here we are. We're joined by the man himself, the man of the minute, Mr. Andre Kalashnik. How are you, my friend? Hi, mate. Yeah, everything is great. So, Bruno calling. Bruno calling. Listen, Bruno, what a city you have. What an army of fans. That was. That has got to be up there with one of the greatest moments, weekends of your life, right? Yeah, it was um, for me. It's definitely a night to remember. Yeah, it was maybe my part of some childhood dream or something because you know entered the arena when I was like little child looking on the hockey and stuff. So for me, it was like some childhood dream, and I know that I, I will have a lot of um, fans here. Uh, I know a lot of friends will watch this fight inside the arena. But afterwards, after I entranced the arena, I was like uh, turning around and looking on the ground and I was, wow, fuck, it's really happened. <laughs> so I was a little bit in tension, so for whole fight. Uh, yeah. I understand that it will, be, it will be the first time for me in such a big arena and maybe, maybe it will be for me a little bit hard. Like, I mean, inside my head, yeah, you need to fight with such things like um, such such a you know, physical thing and stuff. And yeah. yeah, it was, I was a little bit in tension afterwards, but, but win is home, so it's okay. <laughs> Listen, um, now you talk about dreams, okay? I've got to be honest, I haven't been able to sleep since one moment this weekend. Um, seeing you with your wife on your pants right next to me at the weigh-ins in the morning. What was that about? I literally, I was announcing the the the, the official weigh-ins in the morning and Andre Novotny just pointed down at what I will say is your groin area and your wife was smiling at me. Your wife was staring at me. What? Tell us about this. Uh, yeah, I get this present, uh, this underwear on the Valentine's Day. Yeah, like the present. And right now my wife defending my... Uh, pants every, <laughs> every time so so when i go to the fight when i go to the uh, disco club when i go to the some event uh, where there there is a lot of girls i need to wear, wear these pants <laughs> because now, everybody you... should know that she's there <laughs> she owns that right that yeah, area yeah. that is hers okay yeah, and yeah. you, you you said to me, she told you you had to wear them for the weigh-ins and that's, you, you can't say no to that, can you? You're not going to fight that fight before you go into the cage on Saturday. No, I, I really can't because she told me, take it and uh, I, I take it because, you know, I, I, I don't need some problems before waiting and 
It was it was magical for me to to be there, and and I, I said it many times after the uh, the event that it wasn't just about the fights. There was a real there's a relationship between Octagon and your city, Bruno, um, and it felt like the fans w- were so like pleased to be there. They were grateful that this event was there, as Octagon were grateful to Bruno for all that that city has done done for that promotion. At the weigh-ins, you step on stage to. Uh, a huge crowd and they all cheer and you get them calling Octagon backwards and forwards. What what does that feel like? What are those moments like when the, cause they, they've got such love for you and it's a city that's become your home and has given you so much. What, what was that moment like? I try to give something to my community back, you know, because the thing is that I, I came here to burn out like uh, the immigrants. So my parents are from Ukraine. I'm born in Ukraine. And I was like, come here and I get in Brno in Czech Republic. I get a better life. Uh, I, I get the friends. I get the vibe here. So uh, everything I get, it was done here in like Brno in, or in Moravia in uh, our part of the Czech Republic. And I, I was uh, like thinking the way that I get something and I need to put something back. So I, I really try to represent the Bernal. I really try to represent the whole area of the Moravia. So even even if I'm not born here, but I'm proud to be the part of the city. What was the day like when you woke up on Saturday morning to talk us through what, what the emotions were? What, what did you do to sort of keep keep yourself calm before you had to go out there and compete? The, on the fight day, uh, I was trying to be calm because a lot of, you know, the, the lot of energy, the lot of stuff in your head before such a fight. So you need to calm it. And this is my problem that uh, I every time, some, sometimes in fights I'm pushy or uh, like m- too much motivated. So uh, I stay calm. Uh, I stay calm in the fight, but... Uh, uh yeah it was not such a hell of the fight or some dog fight uh it was tactical fights it's more uh, chess game than mma <laughs> but yeah. after 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 uh i lose uh lost my uh last fight uh this is what i need uh, this is what i need because uh i have some injuries and stuff uh, and i need to win it in such a way uh and yeah there like not so much attractivity in this fight, but I'm not uh, some belly dancer to be attractive every time. <laughs> <laughs> Only for your wife in those pants, right? Yeah, Only for your yeah. wife in those pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I have uh, about two performances of the night in the octagon. So I do the good fights and sometimes you need to done in such a way. So, so it's next time I will improve it but uh, the cases that I'm winning and this is this is for me the thing that uh, I after the loss you're hard on yourself but technically you you dealt with that 
exactly how a coach would want you to deal with that. The range, use your weapons wisely. Stay aware that he's going to charge in and, and try and catch you with an overhand right or try and take you down. The case is, uh, uh, this was a tactic from the start, from the start of the fight, because of my injury, because uh, of his style of fighting. So, and in the corner, uh, like, the, maybe it's the first fight that I listen to my corner, <laughs> like, uh, literally... Uh, <laughs> I have I have in the corner the uh, Martin Karniak, Burkot his I don't know about 20 fights in MMA, uh, Yuri Prochaska, the UFC champ, uh, the Ma- Martin Karavanov, the trainer of the UFC champ. So these guys told me this thing and I just do it. And if people uh, think that I uh, th- they are smarter than these guys in my corner, so okay, <laughs> I don't think so. Don't okay. Think so. But uh, next time I need to move more for attractivity and this is this bittersweet. But like I said, it's done this way. And um, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe after after some time, uh, it, this bittersweet will be a little bit gone. But the win is home. So this is the most important thing for me. Yeah, the win is there. You're back inside that win column. Let's talk about the corner. Of course, when you have the UFC champ in your corner, it's something different. Uh, Yuri helped me a lot. For the first time, uh, he helped me a lot with um, the briefing. I've never done such a thing that uh, before. She just came in and said to me, come on, brief, one, two, three, one, two, three, and, and this stuff with some briefing method. He's expert on this, you know, he's yes, worked yeah. with briefing and stuff. And I was feel good. I will, know, I will feel good. So it's something different for me to have this guy in the corner. Uh, and yeah, and the, you know, if you have such a team and guys in the corner, like how you can lose you cannot lose <laughs> in such a you cannot lose you know it's it's something something added you know yuri Praska um won the world title in, in, in an epic battle against clover yeah. Teixeira. so what was it like watching yuri win the belt and how's that motivated you in your career i think uh, he do the best thing for the not for me or or for our gym but for for mma like for sport in our country so people look differently on the mma right now after yuri win the title and yeah like you know from the start or in the czech republic in the previous time if you do the mma they think it like you're some the bald guy with tattoo and fighting <laughs> the girl. yeah in some backyard or something and you're criminal and this stuff but with uh, the Yuri mindset, they see that we are sportsmen, yeah, that we are real person, and yeah, after he won it, so I think uh, people will take us maybe like heroes or real fighters and not some uh, kind of criminals. It's better and better every year. It's better and better. Yes. So, so we, we will see. Uh, right now, in our gym, a lot of uh, cha- uh, kids uh, come to train and stuff. So it's some something like revolution in this sport <laughs> for, for our gym, for our city. So it, it's good for for the future. Yeah. What's what what's next, and and how long till we till we get to see you back in there? Yesterday, uh, uh, I see some uh, Instagram, uh, some Instagram video from Matush Iracek, and he called me out. He called me out for the fight, and thank you, thank you, Matush, thank you very much because 
Uh, I have a problem with the opponents. I fight with only guys from another country, so not from Czechia and Slovakia. I don't know why. And first time, uh, some guy tried to fight with me from the Czech Republic. So right now he make a promo for this, uh, some trash talking. So for me, it's good. I don't need to do, do nothing. Just he promote the fight and I will be just fighting there with him. Uh, I think I can promise that. Or the, the case is that we... We want to fight with Matush before. We want to fight before, but uh, he has some problems with the, the knee. I'm not sure. So every time when we ask for him, uh, Andre say that he is ill or something with the knee. I, I don't remember. And we have problem to to like uh, get some fighter for Bruno. So so we get this Brazilian guy, this stuffed guy, and yeah, he called me out. Finally, finally, uh, some person called me out. So I think we can manage this fight. Uh, he want to fight in Ostrava, so I'm not sure because right now I'm not going to the gym, but I'm just running by the physiotherapy and the doctors. But I think I can promise that uh, after I will be okay, the next fight uh, can be with the Matush because I think the Czech and Slovak guys want to see this fight. And uh, I think he's a great opponent for me if we are looking on the top five is he's, he's right now number five i think i'm number six so definitely it makes sense to fight with him and just matush a little bit wait and i will be here for you <laughs> well you can add an englishman to that set of people that would like to watch that fight as well before i let you go two more things before i let you go um up co coming up next for the welterweight bell is kike brito taking on david cosma um, what are your thoughts on that fight? Uh, do you think Kike Brito could be the one to dethrone Cosmo or do you think Cosmo's style would be too much for Brito? Uh, like I said once time, I think the Kike Brito, it's a pound for pound in octagon uh, in stand-up, like best stand-up fighter, pound for pound for all the weights, I think, in octagon. But David, uh, David already see uh, the fight with uh, Borarosh, Kaik with me, or with uh, Bricek. And this guy, knock, knock out, uh, like, uh, I don't know, like what, but he, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Uh, but uh, David have already the instruction. And uh, he, he is a very good wrestler. He, his stamina is crazy. I mean, the David. So yeah. I, I think right now it's for me it's 60 to 40 more for David, but for sure it will be like the hardest fight for David in Octagon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Exciting. Um, last one, and this is a contest nobody knew was happening on Saturday night, but at the Mason Club in uh, Bruno, there's pictures of you and Gottwald on the dance floor. Who, who, who wins in a dance-off between you and, uh, and Gottwald? Oh, there, there was just guys cheering for us or something. <laughs> and uh, it was great. They are like welcoming us uh, after the fight. So I'm sure I'm better dancer than JJ. <laughs> <laughs> so good dancer. But, but, you know, there was some like electronic music and techno. Yeah. I'm more like in the in the difference. Uh, oh, I, I like the I like the British music. I like a lot of like the Fatalist, the Above and Beyond. I was in the boom, boom. And, 
but but more i will more dance so i'm more like the the classic stuff like the smiths you know you know the, this stuff if a double decker bus yeah. crashes into us to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die <laughs> yes mate yes <laughs> Do you know what? When I woke up this morning, I'd have no idea that Andre Kalashnik would sing the Smiths to me today. That is, that is as as happy as you were waking up on Saturday, knowing you're going to fight in Bruno's winning group arena. That has made my day, my week, my month, my year, my friend. Thank you very much. Yeah, I need to show. I need to show the guys. Uh, they ask me every time which color color is your favorite. You know, on the Instagram, which kind of music yeah. you listen to. So. So, so the Smiths above and beyond, yeah, I love it. So, and I need, I need to say, yeah, I say it bef- because, uh, like, to British person, <laughs> so I need to say it's it. good. And I appreciate that. That makes me very, very happy. I also appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for the time today. So much love for you. Seeing how. Bruno has embraced you and that what you gave back to them as well. And I can't wait to see you in there again, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Brian, for uh, this opportunity to to be there, to speak with you, to a little bit, a uh, little bit like show myself to the fans in England and Ireland. And so, so I'm looking for the future. Maybe in a few months or a few years, we will see the Octagon in your uh, in your side, in Britain, maybe we will see. And definitely I want to fight there. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. You'd be yeah. my guest, my friend. And we would I would show you some more British music. I'd give you some British <laughs> beer, which I'll be honest, is not as good as Czech beer. So you might not like that as much, but it would be my honor to uh, to host you over here. So uh, once again, Andre Kalashnik, congratulations. And we'll see you again soon, okay? So that was Andre Kalashnik. And um, my goodness, Josh, you think about that as a moment in his life. That is something that he can, he will relive in his mind forever, that the people, the fans, all his family, his friends will remember forever. And having Yuri Prohaska in your corner, cornering you for a fight in your hometown, doesn't get better than that. They'll be telling his kids, his grandkids, it'll go down in history with all that, <laughs> that story, won't it? Fighting in your hometown, UFC champ in the corner, that is, that's mega. Abs- absolutely magic. Now, um, before we wrap this up, and once again, thank you for for, for watching Octagon Hype. Uh, uh, there's people that you met over there in, uh, in Bruno as part of the Octagon team. Now, I am so proud of this team because everybody that I've spoken to or who's visited or, um, you know, engaged with any part of octagon always talks about the enthusiasm the energy how proud the people are to work for it for this promotion um, and you you made yourself a little buddy josh didn't you yeah so we met obviously i met from top to bottom andre pavel but even like jan the doorman the cage doorman the cage doorman right. he i promised him i was like i'm gonna talk about you on this show mate <laughs> because the effort that, that he puts in is is like it's a thousand percent like it's, he gives it blood sweat and tears to perform his role within the octagon machine and yeah he deserves a shout out every week let's give him whatever let's he his own every week and like you said because you, you called him the mvp like yeah. the unsung hero the most valuable player because it sums it up it sums what this means to people they've got other lives outside of, of octagon but when they get there they are all in yeah. and he gives it everything from jumping in to wiping the mats down to closing the door just on the second before the fight starts again but even the energy of oh so when that horn goes 
it's I, I genuinely think he swings off it. He like he'll grab all of it and he'll swing out. Yeah. And then to let the teams in, not to allow even like a millisecond of time to delay them getting into their fight or the cut man getting in. Like you've got to respect that. Yeah. How does the horn sound again? <laughs> now he goes for a manlier horn. That's it. <laughs> Oh dear. So look, we're going to finish with uh, a few bits off social media that, that have come through from Octagon. Now this, this, this made me smile. This made me laugh because the, the, the German team uh, from Octagon, uh, they're very proud of their fighters. They're very proud of their fighters because they believe they are the most stylish fighters uh, in, on the Octagon roster. So they did a little thing where they said, look, let's get some pictures of our fighters wearing their best gear. So we've got a picture of Christian Eklund here, looking great in this green jacket. Hatif Moel, just looking the part. Rafael Xavier, that's right, the Brazilian by way of Germany, looking fantastic. And then we got Stefan Putz. <laughs> Look at that! I love this, this man. This guy, this guy, and I'm going to chuck it to a video as well where he uh, uh, he goes for a little walk with Max Koga, somebody he deems his little brother. His, uh, his little brother, Max Koga, takes him for a walk. You know how we do. Shuckable. <laughs> Yeah, so if me and you tried walking down the street in that, Josh, we would not get away with it. We would not get away with it in Frankfurt or any other city on the planet. Now, uh, also alongside what is made me smile uh, as, far, as far as laughter, something that's warmed my heart this, this week is some of the extra stuff that's been going on in and around the show for Bruno from the Octagon team. Now, uh, the Octagon team heard about um, a couple of things going on. Now, I told you about the bullying campaign they've got with David Cosma. Um, that they've been doing, going to schools, helping work with young people to show them uh, how martial arts um, can help them, how martial arts can help grow their character, their confidence, and help them deal with with bullying. Um, and they went and visited some schools this week. They went to one school, and it looks, if I show you the, the actual picture before I show you the video, Josh, it looks like a really weird octagon press conference. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see there, you'll see Baba Yaga there, you'll see Andre Novotny. Um, they went to this school, and they talked to young people about bullying about how to cope with it about why it's bad um and then also about martial arts and for me just that that work and the biggest stars like Andre Novotny and Pavel Neruda taking time out of their diaries to go and do this this sort of work it's it's phenomenal for me it really does hit home because I think it's important right we we don't just have to be a big promotion a big show it's it's the stuff you can do with that sort of focus and spotlight that make the difference yeah it speaks volumes for the the integrity and the organization like as we say from top to bottom from from andre and pavel like they're obviously good people trying to trying to make an impact you know so yeah it's, it's beautiful to see uh, and the one that, that got me and it properly got me and it'll probably get me again as we talk about it now is uh they uh, they heard about a, a, an orphanage and a special needs school um in, in and around bruno and they heard about these young kids. Now, these are kids that have not had the best start, that are not... Uh, yeah, life has dealt them probably the toughest hands that you could be dealt. And they heard that one thing that they do, these young kids, these young boys and girls um, who live together, they are basically based at this place together. They get five euros, five euros a month each. That is it. That's all they get to spend. They, uh, they club together to get the Octagon pay-per-views. They spend their money, which could be spent on it, so that they can, and this is what I got told by Sylvia, and, and Sylvia is an amazing part of Octagon. She said that they, they do it so they have this six hours where they're, they're not where they are, yeah. they're watching Octagon. 
So you think about that. Now, Andre and David Cosma went to the school, surprised the kids, walked in. David Cosma, the welterweight champion, belt on his thing. Andre Novotny, one of the biggest stars in the Czech Republic. And they walk in and you just watch the welcome they get from these kids. They absolutely adore Octagon. Octagon have obviously sorted them out so they don't have to club their money together to get the uh, the show. But they've also given those kids, those young people, a day which, which will put a smile on their face every single time they think about it. That makes me so proud. That makes me so... Um, happy to be with octagon to be working for a company that would do something like that they didn't do a, a massive release about it or anything they they just wanted to give something back so again when you talk about the the spotlight and the power you've got that's that for me sums them up in one little action one little moment that they wanted to to give back um so look we're gonna have to do something to cheer me up in a second we just roll <laughs> stefan puts on the, on, on the waterboard again um but look jokes aside jokes aside that is phenomenal right josh yeah you can't imagine what positive impact that's going to have on those kids lives in the future you know like those kids that are there they're in like the worst environment you know the, the cards that they've been dealt you know, there could be an octagon champion sat there that that could have that level of impact, you know, yeah. to motivate them on to, you know, the future life. You never know what could happen. Yeah. So that, that that's the phrase. And octagon's phrase through this bullying campaign is there is a fighter in all of us, and hopefully it ignites that that fight in some of them. Whether it's to be a fighter or you know just to believe in themselves a little bit more, to uh, to have some sunshine in their lives. So that that's amazing. And finally, this is a moment off the back of uh, off the back of this event that involves Patrick Kinsell. He put a post up the other day. He has donated his uh, his fight of the night bonus uh, from Tip Sport, um, the fifty thousand check crowns to a lady that he met, a lady that he interacted with um, in a city called. And he met her. She was a waitress, found out she's a, a single mother. Um, he had a little bit of back and forth with her because they had all these homemade sodas and juice and he kept asking her to repeat it. And in the end, it became a funny thing where she basically told him to F off. <laughs> but through that small interaction, he was very interested in her story What, as a single mother, how she's trying to provide for her family. Since then, it's um, come to light that she will be going through her first stages of chemotherapy next week. So Patrick Kinsale... Our champion, the middleweight champion, has donated that money to her to help ease some of the pressure that comes with not being able to work with, you know, all the stuff that comes with being a single parent and trying to just get through something like that. So once again, what a champion. What a beautiful way to close this, man. Like that, that man, Kinsale is my new number one. That's it. Well, you've already laid laid your hat firmly in the corner of Kinsale. We're going to get Carlos Vermola in studio. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm out that day. So look, that wraps it up for another episode of Octagon Hype. Once again, thank you uh, for watching the show. You can now get it. It's available on all podcast apps. That's right, from Spotify to wherever you get your podcasts. So you can listen to it in your ears, even if you can't watch it with your eyes. Uh, also, follow us on social media. Do us a favor, subscribe to this channel and spread the word because Octagon Hype is going to come back to you every two weeks. Me, Brian Lacey, alongside that man, Josh Goodger. We will see you next time.